0: Chapter 55 of the story of the Thirteen Colonies This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org The story of the Thirteen Colonies by H. A. Gerber Braddock's Defeat in 1754 Franklin deputy postmaster-general of the colonies was sent to Albany Where as we have already seen a congress of delegates from the colonies met to discuss the best way of opposing the French Franklin knowing that it was only by working all together that the best results could be reached now made a plan for the Union of the colonies as one can often make people understand things better by telling them stories or showing them pictures Franklin remembered the common belief that a snake cut into pieces would become whole again if the parts were allowed to touch He therefore placed at the head of his paper the picture of such a snake Cut into pieces to represent the colonies which he further indicated by their initials under this picture he wrote the motto join or die. Although the colonies did not adopt Franklin's plan of union, they nevertheless voted men and money for the war. The British, on their part, sent over General Braddock, one of their best officers, to take charge of the campaign. Meeting the governors of the different colonies in Virginia, Braddock decided that while one army marched north from Albany to take Forts Ticonderoga and Crown Point before going on to Quebec, a second should move westward from the same point to lake ontario and niagara in the meantime a fleet was to sail from new england to join the first army in besieging quebec but the fourth and principal expedition led by braddock himself was to march across pennsylvania to fort duquesne so as to drive the french out of the coveted ohio valley this plan was very fine but Braddock used to the European way of fighting little knew how to carry on war with the French and Indians in the pathless forests Washington now advised Braddock his superior officer to leave the heavy baggage and cannons behind But the British general would not consent after much delay the Pennsylvania farmers loaned their wagons and horses to carry the baggage thanks to Franklin's personal efforts and the army set out but as braddock insisted upon the army's marching along in an orderly file a road had first to be built and washington once impatiently said that they stopped to level every molehill washington knew it would be best to advance rapidly and surprise fort duquesne but the army moved slowly until at about eight miles from the fort it was suddenly attacked by the french and indians the british soldiers clad in red and marching in close ranks made fine targets for their enemies who as usual hid behind every tree and rock whence they poured a deadly fire upon them braddock bravely rallied his men again and again but not knowing how to fight unseen foes they were helplessly slain the general himself after seeing great numbers of his men and officers fall was mortally wounded and had to order a retreat in the midst of this horrible scene Washington and his virginian soldiers alone kept cool Four bullets passed through Washington's coat and two horses were killed under him for the Indians aimed Specially at him but all their bullets failed and they afterwards said with awe That he surely bore a charmed life and that no shot could ever touch him nearly all the officers were killed but washington managed to cover the retreat of the british and their wounded general was picked up and borne off the battlefield of the monongahela braddock was now full of remorse for not following washington's advice and he died four days later saying who would have thought it who would have thought it we shall know better how to deal with him another time Washington sadly buried the brave general in the Pennsylvania woods, making the army march over his grave so that no trace of upturned soil should betray to the Indians his last resting place. Then the beaten and disheartened troops slowly made their way back, encouraged by Washington, who going afoot shared all their hardships and relieved the weary men by loading their muskets and baggage upon his own horse the army marching westward from albany had in the meantime paused discouraged at oswego while the one moving northward beat the french on the shores of a lake which they called george in honor of the victory won for their king seventeen fifty five the french officer this was captured there and among the english dead was ephraim williams who left his fortune to found the college in massachusetts which bears his name Fearing that the Acadian farmers, who still spoke French, and loved their mother country, would turn against them, the British now tried to make the peasants take an oath of fidelity. When they refused, the men and the boys were bidden to assemble. Then, after some delay, they and their families were sent on board British ships and taken away in 1755. In the confusion, several families were separated. Thus ruthlessly torn from home the acadians were scattered throughout the colonies Many made their way to louisiana so as to still be under french rule Others escaped into the woods and a few spent long years vainly seeking those they loved If you care to learn how one girl wandered thousands of miles in quest of her lover You should read longfellow's beautiful poem Evangeline End of chapter 55